Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. Seriously, though, how far out do you think we are from a rapper recording a suicide mixtape? Mm, who's to say that Tupac already didn't? Wow. Well, okay. So, I mean, to take that into interpretation, uh, Mac Miller's last album could have been interpreted as a suicide mixtape. I mean, the song that he, the single that he put out literally before he OD'd was called Self Care, and he was digging himself out of a grave. I'm not trying to say that predictive programming is a thing. I'm just trying to say that life is stranger than fiction sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, all right, so we were saying, like, right off, we that? were saying right before Off Wax, we were like, David Bowie made, like, death art. Yeah, because that was your answer, right? Your answer was like, David Bowie made a death mixtape. And I was like, okay, I guess technically... Like I said, Lazarus was a music video filmed two weeks before he died. Yeah, so I guess we can count that. I mean... Also take, weird, we can Prince take recorded that the song Baltimore like six months before he died. <sighs> okay. I don't count that one, though. I mean... So, Prince wrote songs about everything. You said that death art isn't really a thing. And Bowie... Not commonly done, no. No, no. Not anymore, right? Like, I do feel like during the Victorian era and whenever Mary Shelley and them existed, <laughs> you know, back in the days of... Lord I feel Pirate. like Bowie's last album was... It wasn't like the screams of a banshee being drawn back into hell. It was basically the experiences that he was going through at that time. Because the thing is, that album still had like some rock songs on it. Yeah, because I mean, in those fleeting moments, right, you kind of want to remember the things that brought you to life, right? Mm -hmm. Not to be super poetic, but in that moment, it upon reflection of what it was that really like brought you warmth as you were slipping into the cold embrace. Maybe he also wanted to deliver a message. Like you said off wax, if I was gonna kill myself, you damn well know there'd be a suicide note. Not a note. A memoir. <laughs> a manifesto. A mixtape. No. That's how we got to this discussion, right? Because it was like we landed on a mixtape. You would definitely 13 reasons why this shit. I would 13 reasons why, and I'd probably still write the manifesto. And there'd be a whole, like, prequel for the mixtape. Yeah, Before that would be my memoir. Before you listen. And then for your listening pleasure. But you were like, oh, yeah, this is if, you, dark. if you showed up to the crime scene, wow, this if you showed dark. up to the crime scene and, the, and they said there's no suicide note, you would be like, that's bullshit. He yep. was murdered. Yep, yep. And I'm letting y'all know now from the jump. Here we go. I got it on recording. We, I would never. Here's what I would do. Totally hop on the bottom of a fucking barge and sail to Saudi Arabia and start my shit all the way over. You know what would Nigga, make you? You will never find me tossed up 
With no bottle of pills, you won't find me hanging from no rope. I would never put a motherfucking gun in my beautiful mug. Why would I do that crazy shit? You know what no. would make me... You know what would, uh... I'm sorry, that was wrong. It's not crazy. You know what would, would push be me crazy to that point, for though? Me. You know what would push me to that point, though? What? All these death threats that we get are... Rising up! And crashing through, and y'all motherfuckers are going to 141 characters, so you, fuck off. You beat it's too me much too. for me. You beat me to it. I feel like you shoehorned that one in there. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> I think you were real close trying to process how to get there right then at I, the same time, though. I'm, and you're actually just kind of a little salty that I got there first. I, I'm, I am a little salty. That you got, got there, there, like, you set it up the past two or three weeks, and I'm like, all right, Doc, setting it up. But I need to try to sneak in there sometimes. Look, look. I'm so death art. <laughs> death art. Edgar Allan Poe, right? Requiem by Mozart. That's like a perfect example. He never actually finished it. Oh, this is the second time I could drop Requiem Lacrimosa. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some other modern day examples of death art. Besides Bowie. Besides Rob Zombie. Bob <laughs> Zombie's not dead yet. He's far from. Also, he's very different than his stage persona. He's like a vegan. No, and... I'm saying the things that he make could be. I mean, if we're not counting it as murder porn, then is it death art? I don't. <laughs> I think what I'm talking about when it comes to death art is art that's produced as someone knows they're going to die. See, I'm thinking death art is the... Not necessarily a suicide no, art. No, no. I'm thinking death art is, like, not the appreciation of death, but the... The progress of. Like, no, the observing of death. Like, so... So someone that's dying doesn't have to make death art. Exactly. No. You can make art about death without dying. But I guess if you're dying and you make death art, then that makes it That's extra. what I'm thinking more about. That's just meta. Like, All right, so let's, meta let's call death art art about death, and we'll say art that's made as a result of somebody. That's just meta death art. <laughs> I'll call it art of mortality. Mm. Because people, when they are thinking about the shuffling off of this mortal coil. Cut. They, uh... They're probably going to be processing things a little bit differently. Which means that their creative process is going to be rather different. So do you think their creative process is enhanced because they have no fucks left to give? Not enhanced. Altered. Changed. Okay. That's fair. I mean... So, like... What about, like, Dia de los Muertos shit? all the sugar skulls and like the Mexican culture. I mean, like, yeah, that part of the Mexican culture. A lot of that I think is consistent remembrance of those who have fallen before them. So does that not count as death art though? If I we're feel making... like that counts more as like reverential art. Mm. But isn't that still part of death? No, though? because it's from the living drawing on memories. Of as the dead, far as... those that have moved on. See, to me, death art is the- Somebody who is in current state of healthy living cannot understand the thought process of the artist knowing they're going to die because the healthy living don't know what that feeling is like. They can appreciate the art, 
I agree with you to an extent, right? But I don't think that that necessarily, because like I said, to me, death art is like the physical, my physical representation of the pro me mentally processing death and what death becomes, or like, or what becomes death. Like, so remembering those that have passed on through death, <laughs> And, uh, you know, expressing those feelings in art. Is that not death art? Well, okay. Here's something I just thought of. Say you are a terminal cancer patient. I'm sorry, everybody, but we've... We're eight minutes into death art. This is... <laughs> uh, that's how we started shit off today. <laughs> Think about somebody who's been told they have two months left to live. Right. And they are going to create some kind of art. If, I don't if like, David Bowie spent 16 hours a day I don't like of the his window. last two or three months yeah, yeah, to yeah. make this album, you tell me he does not have something much more intentional and much more powerful if he's like, I'm going to spend the last two-thirds of my life left to make this? So, this brings me back to my original argument, though, which is... How far out do you think we are from somebody making a mixtape knowing that they're going to kill themselves and making that part of the mixtape? Because they always say rappers blow up, you know, bigger after they're dead. Like, look at Pop Smoke. It's 13 Reasons Why with the soundtrack. <laughs> How far off do you think we are from that? Mm, how well does this Chris Brown Tory Lanez mixtape do? How far off do you think we are from somebody murdering their friend and calling it, like, interpretive Not that far off, considering the band Mayhem did a suicide exactly. to turn it into death art. Exactly. Boom! That's my point. You were trying to lead me into that for a while, weren't you? I... Not necessarily, but I... The thought that, did pop in your head yeah. and you wanted to try it. Yep. No, so, yeah, you're bringing up I think head. we brought up this legend before, but the band Mayhem, the lead singer actually killed himself with a shotgun and his suicide note, all it said was, I'm sorry for all the blood. The guitarist from that band then picked out all of the skull fragments. Well, he took the picture, because you can find the, it was yeah. the album cover was the guy's not, suicide scene. Don't go look for that picture. But if I mean, it's available. If you haven't seen it already, don't go look for it. It's not so, that gruesome, but it's not Before something. he called the cops, he took the picture and then collected skull fragments to turn them into necklaces to send to did musicians you to, did you have to who deemed worthy. And if this is not the most white privileged shit, I don't know what is. Now... The dude removed evidence from a fucking technically a crime scene. Okay, okay, that part, yeah. I was gonna say, but, like, I don't think you get, white people get to claim, like, you know, murdering themselves in... Murdering themselves. <laughs> killing themselves in the name of art. I feel like this... Kurt Cobain murdered himself. Quote, <laughs> Oh, it's not funny. Why would you make me laugh at that? Jesus Christ. Because my phrasing is hilarious. Why are we talking about death? You want to know how Kurt Cobain gathers his thoughts? I... How? With a squeegee. Cut! <laughs> Cut! Okay, we're back. 
<laughs> oh, you felt the need to turn on after that, huh? For the pod, sure, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh, so we can hear my black conspiracies? Oh, so I have a... Yeah, let's talk about black stuff! <laughs> it's not really, like, it's not... Is it really 20 generations? It was like 23 generations. That's um, fucking insane. But that was also like in the fucking early 1800s, 1700s. Like that's talking like Nagasaki, Hiroshima, not radioactive anymore type of fucking time. Well, that's how racist niggas was. Eh? But yeah, I mean, we're talking about like early racist genetic theory. Yeah, like, but like that, the amount of halftime for that is like for Nagasaki and Hiroshima. That's part of why the uh, three-fifths rule is the way it is. High take. A lot of y'all think y'all got Native American in y'all DNA, but don't know what $5 Indians are. Guilty! <laughs> As we just said earlier, so my sister had her 23andMe done, and I am 99.8% Irish slash British Isles. In that order, specifically. And 0.2% uh, Native American. And I was trying to run the math, and if you, we're going 20 generations back. Uh, okay, but like. At that point, like, Elizabeth Warren, yo, holla. Uh, but it's 2%, though. What? No, it's 0.2%. Even <clears throat> worse. I know, but if we're going 20 generations here. If that's, I thought it would be like, okay, three generations away. But like 0.2% generation, 20 generations away would still mean like your grady, great, 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 greatest great grandma only had, still only had like, was maybe like a fucking octoroon or something like that. Like a lot of y'all gonna be like, what the fuck and is that's an octoroon? the point, <laughs> that's ridiculous. But you're talking about like genetic theory and like. Well, I'm talking math here. If they're if they're saying that it's 20 generations be. before you're now considered like 21 generations away before you're no longer no, I considered told you, black, it was like, like that half life is insane. It was like 23, but that's, that's also even old, more insane. That's also like old race, and it's not that you weren't considered black after a certain point. Like, of course, nobody would look at you and be like. I think he's got some Negro. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, but I mean, like, to qualify for something. I do have swag, things. though. Yeesh. Hold on, cut that. Swag is actually apparently, like, a somewhat problematic term for some reason. I found that out. What? Or actually, maybe it's just overused. What? You know what I also okay, found yeah, out? Play you know out, what I maybe. You know right? what, like, you know what I, I actually found that. out? And what? I thought about it. When I was listening to J and J, they no longer say uh, players are shipped from one team to another, and then they were. Whoa. And I thought about it for like the first time there, right. and I was like, I'm... "Oh, that's why we don't say that." <laughs> and that is you checking your privilege. <laughs> I learned something. It's not okay. Like it's just you want you want to give up? A... No, no. Because look, I can hear. People going right now, oh my god, the PC police. Like, there they go again. Wee woo, wee woo. Now you can't say players are being shipped from one team to another without offending the darkies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Uncle Ruckus. <laughs> Stop. Like, no, okay, right. But inherently, 
No, you wouldn't. You know, think who, that you shit. know who would be the loudest about this? Who? Alyssa Milano. <laughs> Deep sigh. <laughs> no, like feels ridiculous when you say it out loud. But when you say it out loud, you should probably hear the inherent, like, problematic nature of talking about human beings being shipped from one place to another. In the context that it's being spoken in, sure, it feels a bit ridiculous to be like, the players are, <laughs> but- I that... get it now. Like, I used to say it without even thinking, I'm like, oh yeah, they shipped them over there. And now I'm like, oh, ship, sending people. When majority oh. of the NBA is of a certain background, maybe, you know, connotation and context, talking about them being- And that's something even like already way, like, that's something even way back when, like I mentioned on a way old pod. Well, there's like already like this weird, like crossover kind of like, ideology between sports and slavery, right? Like, yeah. the players already are in a fight for autonomy, right? Like, they want more ownership and more representation in the leagues that they help build because Speaking nobody of, comes to Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is a part owner of the Utah Jazz, hey, uh, oddly enough. Look, more power to him because nobody... And the only reason the Utah Jazz is because they couldn't negotiate a acceptable and acceptable deal for him to become an owner a part owner of the miami heat look so he yeah, took his I'm own sure agency that would be a dis it had to have been a disagreement on wade's part because then he went and bought in on the jazz well i mean i'm sure because they were trying to like stiff arm him we're talking about florida right like we're think talking about, about the miami heat and the icon we're of talking the franchise. about florida we're talking about Florida. Let's get real for a second. We're talking about Florida. And if you don't think that the hands behind the Miami Heat, like the owners behind that Pat shit. Pat Riley? Okay, look. Basically, I mean, Pat Riley Pat runs Riley, that franchise. Yeah, okay, Pat Riley is the face of that franchise. But that doesn't mean he is the only owner in that franchise. And you best believe, with as much money as basketball brings in, and for like an area like Florida, which is already a sports-driven area, let's talk about that. Because like, when you look at like highest people paid, talk about the Dolphins, regardless if they suck or not. When you look at highest-paid like government employees and stuff like that, a lot of times outside of like actual government positions, like a lot of times college sports coaches. <laughs> make the most money head coaches like in the state make the most money you want to know why especially down south think about what it i mean come on you know how important sports Nick Saban is. is to alabama you know how important sports are down south yeah football is life no matter how much bad news the nfl gets in the south football is life high school on friday college on saturday nfl on sunday religiously so, you Oh, think, I'm sorry. NFL on Sunday after church. These are historic institutions, right? Like, they're almost like iconic Americana, right? Like Alabama football, for sure. College football, in general. This shit is iconic Americana, yo. Like, you don't grow up without hearing about, like, Duke and shit like this. Yeah. Like, so... 
Exactly. All right. So you're not a huge. Sports I'm not person. a huge sports. Fan, you're not a huge but sports I still person. Know but do you know Tide and shit like? Do you that. know the coach of the of the uh, Duke Blue Duck? Not. Shashevsky. Mike Shashevsky. Okay. okay. He's been doing it for like. But my like point 30, is 30, 40 years at this point. I'm sure you've heard the name. Yeah. My point is, is any American can name at least one college football team. Can name at least one NBA team. Can name at, at least, least one, one NBA player. <laughs> can name at least one MLB team. You know what I'm saying? Not MLB player. Old Pat. I get no current current no. M- MLB player. Current. Maybe current. current. <laughs> but everybody fucking knows Jackie Robinson. Everybody knows Babe Ruth. Everybody knows Cal Ripken. <laughs> Locally, everybody knows Cal Ripken. Nah, fuck that. Everybody knows Cal Ripken. Twenty-one thirty-one is the record that he broke. Now. Here's the real question. Barry. Do you know what his streak ended at? Ooh, who? At Cal's? Yeah. No. 2632. Damn. 2632? So if any professional athlete wants to try to play in 2,633 professional baseball games in a row. Damn. No, go please. for it. Put numbers let, on let the me floor. let me do some real uh, let me pull up my calculator real hey. quick because I can't do that mental math. I'm getting aggressive, man. This is important to me. I mean, I feel like it helps for the video. This Cal. is important to me. I love baseball. I have a I wore a Ripken jersey the other week. <laughs> you did. Okay, so baseball has 162 games per season, right? Right. So we'll take 26. 2,632 divided by 162. I don't know why you had to look at me like I didn't understand what 20 is. You need to play over 16 seasons in the Major League Baseball without missing a single game. He didn't miss a single game that whole time? Nope. Putting numbers on the board. Hey, look. The longest streak I knew before of was Miguel Tejada, and it was, like, 1,200. That's heavy. That, I, that, that, now, with, like, the, like, super health management of these athletes, that's an unbreakable record. Yo, hold on. No one is fucking playing that many games in a row again. Baseball players are definitely the sloppiest looking of any athlete, though. You know what (laughs) one of the coolest things about Cal Ripken was? Every, you know how everybody would try to emulate somebody's batting stance? Yeah. Cal Ripken would go up with a different batting stance. And you know like, what he said? He was like, yeah, I mean, I can do whatever I want until I get into the same stop when they wind up. That's fair. So he's just killing time however he wants to kill time just while the pitcher's up. killing time. Just showing up. Just showing up. Like, I do this on a regular. Like, what the fuck do y'all White boy trip. Ripken. OG. <laughs> Got that Ripken drip. I'm pretty sure Dude, Cal Ripken nope, is one nope, of the people that can walk through. I don't like the way this sounds. No, nope, nope. I do not like the way that sounds. I, I take that back. <laughs> you know, when you call yourself out on these things, that's how we end up with the Curb Your Enthusiasm moments where I'm like, you really did it to yourself? Yeah, because I had to, yo. I can't, like, I can't let anybody else do that to me, yo. But Ripken drip definitely sounds like something you need, like, penicillin for. <laughs> Ah. Bruna's got a baby. Woo, 
Wee. That was one of the most vicious follow-ups for me to say. Woo! Anyway, I'm still thinking. So I think Cal Ripken is one of those people that can actually just walk through any part of Baltimore and never get fucked with. I think Cal Ripken is cool with not like having the Ripken drip. <laughs> He's sitting back listening to this shit somewhere like, yeah, nah, cancel that. <laughs> cancel that. But yeah, uh, that's uh, over 16 seasons without missing a single fucking game. Not one. Not a single game. You know what's funny? We haven't actually talked about any of the things that we wrote down. So, uh, maybe you pause it for a second so I can pull up this Powerpuff Girls movie script. And we're about to take it. Too raw. Smooth dog. <laughs> Spitting online like Clint Eastwood. did you say? That shit's mine. I said spitting on the lawn like Clint Eastwood. Spitting on the lawn like Clint Eastwood. Looking at a nigga like I wish he would. <laughs> Old man looked confused as he stood. <laughs> Till I hit him in the jaw like I knocked on wood. <laughs> Have you ever had to knock on wood? Cause I wonder if you have Because I'm sure it isn't good Content <laughs> As we roll on Into the next segment here What is it exactly You wanted to talk about to the folks <laughs> To the folks Which So the you folks? know how we were joking about it being the Pornopuff girls Oh my god So more Powerpuff Girls it's, updates It's really the Pornopuff girls So more Powerpuff Girls updates. The script, some of the script leaked Bubbles. More of the script leak, cause didn't. So no, no, we just had the the, the pictures oh, okay. of the. So this is okay. So for the listeners, if y'all aren't following us on Instagram, you definitely should be following us on Instagram and at Twitter the Flood Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Very easy at the Flood Pod. Hello. <laughs> so this is uh, some of the some of the script. Bubbles. Guys, how can you turn down an evil recon mission? Especially when said Mish would make a perfect storyline for my documentary. Bubbles is back. Buttercup, not to be confused with the other film, Bubbles on her back. How do you, what? Bubbles, remember what a huge crush he had on Blossom? Weird kid. Hey, you know who said who we should see while we're here? Sarah, she was always so great to us. Dad blew that one. Yeah, now he just dates rando, br rando beaker buddies and science hoes. Who is directing this? Bloss, wake up, okay. or we'll leak your nudes everywhere. What? <laughs> what? How old are they supposed to be in this one? Probably teenagers, and regardless, that's still too young for the shit that they're getting in. I don't know. Kellen, check us. Is this the type of shit people are doing now? No, because it sounds very much like the Sabrina reboot that they did on Netflix. 
sprite and if it's directed by the same dude that did like the whole Archie verse which would include uh, Riverdale and Sabrina the Teenage Witch and I think there was another one but I can't remember off the top of my head then this totally makes sense right because I watched um, Sabrina the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina I watched uh, the yes yes I did the chilling adventures of Sabrina. This makes something, this makes a creepypasta make way more sense. Um, you know Samurai Jack living in the post-apocalyptic world of Townsville? Yeah. You know that creepypasta? We'll post that one for y'all. Townsville got destroyed because this movie fucking sucked. So, apparently, the whole show had been reworked, right, because it was coming off as too campy according to an uprocks article i'm still looking for who is directing this shit right because we know uh it's starring chloe bennett and dove cameron and yana peral blossom aren't we here to investigate buttercup i'm here to pick up bicurious touties you're here to avoid drake Bubbles is here to investigate, but she forgot Butch hates her. Luckily, we're dealing with another hate boner, so alcohol helps. What do you know about hate boners? Life is one big hate boner. It sounds like the edgy teen reboot of the Powerpuff Girls, right? Which I, I, I did not ask for. Of course you didn't fucking ask for it, right? But, like, apparently, you were, like, what? Like, 27? That's not the fucking point. I'm almost 29. <laughs> That's not the that fucking point. That just goes point. to show how fucked up this past year and a half has been. Yeah. By the way, I just got my second shot yesterday. So the show is... Okay, I'm examining the lens from the aspect of the show is not for me right like which i feel like a lot of people have a hard fucking time doing they look at some shit and they're like oh i grew up with that that means i should be able to enjoy this right and it's like okay if they're bringing the show back clearly it's to introduce it to new audiences right like this is the thing i had me too personally i'm here with you guys i had to get over it too this just makes me think that gen z is forced to grow up entirely too quickly Obviously, they have smartphones, my nigga. Like, I hear my son say shit sometimes. Like, because of TikTok, my son has been making fucking hentai noise. And I had to tell him that the other fucking day. Yeah, because the, oh yeah, that thing, that's a fucking trend on TikTok now. And yes, when you let your kids hold your smart devices, sometimes they get into shit they have no fucking business getting into and i had to tell my son you know you're making porno noises and he was like what <laughs> and i was like yeah and guess what stopped since i told him he's making fucking porno noises now we're gonna be like hey doc why does your son know what porno is he's nine and he was born in 2012 oh when was his birthday <laughs> okay so he's not nine yet his birthday is coming up it's tupac's birthday <laughs> Very easy for you to remember. Exactly. It's almost like a blessing from the gods. <laughs> anyway. Looking at the Eric B. and Rock Kim picture right over there. It's a Bowie Cat right, right there. Yeah. Pretty good representation right there. Shout out to Bowie Cat. <laughs> Whenever we look at the camera, we actually look at this little stuffed cat 
with the Bowie uh, Aladdin saying lightning bolt across his face. Common misconception. People think the lightning bolt is from Ziggy Stardust. It is actually from one of his other personas, Aladdin Sane. Oh, for real? I thought it was from, uh, what is the Spiders from Mars or whatever. Yeah, no, that's it. So Ziggy Stardust, he's actually got like this big gold me- emblem in the middle of his head. He's got a lot of like big spiked up red hair, wears like these ridiculous 1960s, 70s outfits with like pants splitting out to the side. But David Bowie, the thing that made David Bowie so cool to begin with was that he never was set and pigeonholed into any one genre. Or gender. Or gender. (laughs) I mean, the dude was Ziggy Stardust, the fascist monochromatic thin white duke. Over the top, like, mystical genie Aladdin Sane. Art at its finest. I mean, his, his, his three best albums, critically considered, are the Berlin albums, which are the three albums he recorded in the 1970s while living in Berlin. Nigga, are we doing a David Bowie podcast, or are we talking about Powerpuff? I don't know. It depends on how much you're going <laughs> to let me talk. About David Bowie? I mean, I was letting you go for a minute. No, but I'm still trying to find the director for this shit, though, because to me, like I said, it seems like where they're going with this is totally a um, edgy teen reboot, right? Like, they're talking about nudes, like, you've got more of the script on hand, like... In the wake of Mojo's death, a once fringe group of anti-Powerpuff Girls activists have gained massive popularity in Townsville. Their goal? To banish the Powerpuff Girls. The news cuts to a footage of the mayor holding a press conference surrounded by angry anti-Powerpuff Girls protesters. Due to public safety concerns, the Powerpuff Girls have been outlawed from fighting in Townsville. So they're going with like a Civil War kind of like Sokovia Accord kind of like angle. With all due respect, Mr. Mayor, Townsville is a candy-colored bubble of privilege and comfort. Ever since the creature attack stopped, we're one of America's safest cities. I don't think people are voting from places of fear. Jojo, what about my pet monkey? That was meaningful in the last election. Post Harambe, no one cares anymore. Okay, so we're making kind of like, you know, topical jokes. From five years ago. If you could consider Harambe topical. Um, can we consider him tropical? Wow, I'm the dead. <laughs> I'm the dead. You stay in Cue your Phil lane. Collins music from Tarzan, everybody. You stay in your lane, sir. Look, right, right, right. I'm the Dish and Franchise single. What do you think is worse, this or the Cruella, like, origin story? Like, cause that's the like hot trending thing right now is the whole, cause that shit's getting ready to drop. So you know the. That looks like a movie that should have Helena Bonham Carter in the lead, but doesn't. It has Emma Stone. Yeah, it probably should be Helena Bonham Carter, Um, but it's not. I don't know. I don't. Once again, I feel like this is a movie that doesn't look interesting to me because it's not for me. Yeah. Right. Like, it looks like the it looks like the movie with uh, Kirsten Dunst, Marie Antoinette, combined with like Fight Club. 
It looks like a Dr. Seuss production meets like. There's a rocket in my pocket. There's a rocket in my pocket. I have that video saved on my old phone of somebody rapping along to the beat to the. Of course you do. It's great. I'm not surprised at it's all. It's great. I'm not surprised at all. Make it, bake it, pancake. Make it, bake it, pancakes. I guess what and I'm getting to is a pancake. New York. I guess what I'm getting at is like I've gotten to a point recently where I feel like. I don't know. I'm trying to hate on stuff less because, like, you know, I went to the doctor just recently. Me and my blood pressure is a little high. So <laughs> I'm trying to hate on stuff less. And I feel like part of that is realizing that certain things just aren't for me. You know what I mean? Like, I think we get to a point where we all want to be the main character in the. You know what a good way to relieve blood pressure is, everybody? Realize that holding resentment is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. That's kind of what I'm talking about though. Like being upset that like certain things are being adapted for new audiences. Like the new Rugrats reboot dropped, you know what I mean? And they like, what seems like the only thing is different about it is the animation, right? Like all I saw, cause I don't have Paramount Plus yet. It would be tight if somebody would want to sponsor us and maybe give us like a free subscription. I know there's free subscriptions out there, but I'm saying if you want to sponsor Good us. Good luck convincing other people to, to subscribe to Paramount Plus. It looked, okay. So we would get sponsored like the, by Paramount Plus the same way Arby's sponsored The Daily Show. <laughs> look, all I'm saying is I haven't seen the new Rugrats reboot yet. I've seen- I saw the, the animation. Yeah, it, I've it, seen the trailer animation. It looks fine. It looks tight, right? Like I did the, see this cool thing where they took all of the Rugrats and they, they put them into uh, like old hip hop or not all Rugrats, like Nickelodeon cartoons, put them in old hip hop albums. Uh -huh. The one I saw that was really cool was the uh, preschool education of Susie Carmichael. Oh yeah. You know how the internet loved Susie because she was the only woman that ever put Angelica, I guess girl, that put Angelica in her place. Definitely not bitch though. That's not what I said the first time around. <laughs> I had to cut this shit so. <laughs> I, cause I'm talking about like a what? A fucking <laughs> seven year old? <laughs> Four year old. Four year old. Tommy was two, Chucky was three, Angelica was four. Do and we... then all of the bullies that picked on them at the playground were five. Dill was one. You didn't have to check me like that. I don't like how you G-checked me over the Rugrats. <laughs> it was very aggressive. <laughs> Look, it's important. That's actually a distinct important thing that Chucky is older than Tommy. Think about hear it. Way? Chucky has lived 50% more than Tommy has. Do y'all hear Because he's way? three. Oh, Glennon just clapped at me just now. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Which Hello? brings me into a, a title shift. <laughs> right. We can come back for that title shift.
It is what it is, I suppose. Great artist steal, right? Yeah. Also, <laughs> I know we said it several times on this pod. But I have two title shifts. Two, and you apparently have one. Okay, I don't just have one, but go ahead. Okay, and... so, and I've actually narrowed these down to of swapping them in specific spots. Okay. So, we have Ice Cube and Chris Tucker in Friday, and I want to swap them with Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller from Zoolander. So you want to put Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller in Friday? Yes. And then I want to put Ice Cube and Chris Tucker in Zoolander. Can you imagine Chris Tucker and Ice Cube doing a walk-off judged by David Bowie? It wouldn't be judged by David Bowie. It would be judged No, it's judged by David Bowie in the movie. Okay, but I'm just saying if we switch the movie culturally, it would be RuPaul. I'm just saying. Okay. (laughs) It would be RuPaul. That's fair. Um, but... David Bowie, or, um... Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller in Zoolander. I feel like some people from are... From Zoolander, in Friday. I feel like some people are going to be mad at me because essentially I feel like this makes Zoolander a better movie. Uh, <laughs> some people are going to be mad at you. <laughs> um, it makes Friday interesting, though. Right? Like, Friday with two white guys, especially like Owen Wilson and... Ben Stiller. Pretending to be male models. So, no. They're not pretending to be male models. Owen Wilson just lost his job for stealing boxes on his day off. (laughs) (laughs) And Ben Stiller sells weed out of his mama's house. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck do you mean? That is how this movie works, and if it doesn't work that way, I don't want to watch it. Because I feel like Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller could still make Friday work. Kind of. I feel just, like they probably could. It would just come off more Harold and Kumar than it would come off like Friday. You know what I mean? Okay, so what's Zoolander like with Chris Tucker and Ice Cube? All about the Benjamins? <laughs> but are they stupid? Like, like Zoolander and... Yes. Like Okay, so it's like... All about the Benjamins meets like. Don't not, be a menace. No, it's like Pootie Tang meets Undercover Brother. <laughs> right is how I see this movie working out. Now I'm just thinking it's Manny Griffin mind. and Chris Rock. <laughs> In my mind, of course, because Chris Rock has to be. Chris Rock has to be where uh, Will Chris- Ferrell is, right? Like Chris Rock. Chris Rock is Mugatu. Yes, in Will Ferrell's position. <laughs> That's how this movie works, right? If not, I don't see it working. <laughs> Alright, I can't oh, wait. Move. No, hold on. Because Bernie Mac could definitely be Mugatu, right? Like, if we're just carrying... Or, or... I actually <laughs> thought of another one. Or, I didn't write it down. No, fucking John Witherspoon, right? Like, John Witherspoon is Mugatu. <laughs> Even better, right? Like, let's just carry over all the fucking characters. No, 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 no. John Witherspoon as Jerry Stiller's character... Ben Stiller's manager. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> so does that mean Ice Cube replaces Ben Stiller? Ice Cube... I feel like and Ice Chris Cube Rock would replaces... replace Owen Wilson. 
Right. Okay. And right. then Chris Tucker would be the really dumb one. Would be Ben Stiller's character. Yeah. Okay, so this is just a really mixed up title shift then. All right, that's fine. That I'm cool with that, right? Because like as we're plotting this movie, I feel like we need to make this happen, right? Ben Stiller, Ice Cube, if you guys are out there listening, hopefully you are, what I'm saying is... Make this crossover event happen. It's 2021, baby. Anything can happen. Donald Trump was president. Like, there's a Powerpuff Girls reboot. Was. <laughs> was. Was. I said reboot. There's a Powerpuff Girls reboot that is looking like a softcore porno. You could totally make a Friday. Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson in the Hood movie. You could totally make a Friday Zoolander crossover. Oh, no, think about it. This turns from a night at the museum into a night in Compton. (sighs) (laughs) Now I just had, like, NW, like, the straight out of Compton and, like, a night at the museum. I have a a visual of Ben Stiller just running away from something. I don't know what, but Ben Stiller's running away from something. My title shift wasn't really a title shift. I saw an article on Screen Rant that said, you know, manga is getting more popular than ever. So Viz Media is teamed up in partnership with Marvel Comics to bring us some Marvel manga crossovers because apparently manga is outselling some of like the New York Times best-selling novels at the moment. Well then. Um, with like Chainsaw Man and Attack on Titan. All you people who used to make fun of us for watching anime in high school, yeah, don't come up with your hot takes on Black Clover. Or specifically like reading Shonen Jump. Black Clover is trash. It is trash. It is a trash ass anime. It is terrible, especially the dub version. The character never shuts the fuck up. He yells all the time for no reason and not even in a comical way the way I do. And you know what? We're gonna drop this new segment. Ziggy is mad and doesn't even feel clever. Black Clover. It is an awful, awful anime. It's terrible. All of you people that call it like the goat and everything, and even compare it to My Hero Academia, which for all of you people comparing it to Yu Yu Hakusho and Hunter x Hunter, you're fucking wrong. And fuck you. And fuck you, Wizards of the Coast. And fuck you, James Harden. And fuck white supremacy. And fuck Black Clover. No, it doesn't build up. There's not character development. It's all shit. I watched 50 episodes, and I was more disappointed watching Black Clover than I am being an Orioles fan. It's trash. Anyway. This media is cited... This media has cited sales of My Hero Academia and Demon Slayer as examples of high demand. Because it's better than Black Clover! And with My Hero Academia having 9 million copies in print, with 1 million copies of just Volume 1, Demon Slayer has over 4 million outpaced sales like simultaneously like well, a, yeah the movie has been super successful right, from what i've right. heard so viz media is doing a collaboration with also this is something we've talked about 
where they do anime arcs yeah. with movies because this is not the type of thing that we want to spend, you know, eight weeks watching 30 minutes at a time. Right. So that kind of gets into what I was like, where I'm going with this, right? Like they're doing a partnership with Marvel where they were bringing, where they will be bringing us some like, you know, Marvel manga crossovers. One of them specifically, one of them specifically being Captain Marvel's cat taking on Thanos. Say that again. Captain Marvel's apostrophe S ownership cat. Yes, Carol Danvers' cat taking on Thanos. The animal, a cat. Yes. <laughs> okay. The other one will be Deadpool and doing some samurai shenanigans. At the moment, that's all like Screen Rant is really reporting. I was thinking, looking at this article, what are some other things that might be interesting as a manga? 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 Is manga, it manga? Manga, manga. I say manga. Tournament or tournament? Potato, potato. Uh, (laughs) Tomato, tomato. So immediately um, reading this article, I thought about uh, Friends, right? Because Friends is having the reboot on HBO Max and all of that shit. Oh, they already did this as a manga. Did they do a Friends manga? Yeah, Joey loses his mind and he starts stabbing everybody. Wow, that's really dark. Is that death art? (laughs) <laughs> no, it's a, it, I'm actually kidding. It was like this six-panel comic oh, okay, that somebody okay, made, okay. and it was Rachel on the phone. It was like, Monica, get out of the house. Joey already got to Phoebe and Ross. And then it's Joey behind Rachel. Like, nobody ever told you life was going to be this way. <laughs> so is that death art? Um, okay, so they have a... No, I think that's just the result of therapy. Immediately, so after that... I thought about Rambo, right? Like, Rambo would be a tight manga. Like, if they adapted that... Ooh, I have a good one. You know what would be a really interesting manga, considering I would love to see how the art style is done? What? Mad Men. Oh, wow. Okay, you fucked me up, right? Because I was gonna say Mad Max. Because when you look at... Okay, so... Mad uh, Max would be a clear good one. Yeah. But, well, I bring that up because I watched a little bit of the behind the scenes for like the making of Mad Max and they didn't necessarily do like a script or a storyboard with it or excuse me they did more of a storyboard with it so it was like a bunch of comic strips and a lot of it I'm not gonna say it was improvised but a decent amount of it was like this happens this happens this happens and I guess like the dialogue improvised in between was more or less directed and not scripted you know what i mean so like yeah uh but Mad Men would actually make a probably make a pretty dope manga yeah i mean like think about it it would be a slice of life manga and you can take like the art style and kind of like the tone of like big o well it reminds me of like the uh lawyer uh game that everybody is like phoenix right yeah exactly it would be kind of like phoenix right i feel like like it would be more like sharp and suspenseful though you think than being a lawyer well i feel like the tone of phoenix right is very over the top okay 
Mad Men would totally make a great manga, though. I feel like if it was Mad Men, and with, like, the tone of, like, Berserk, rest in peace, the creator of Berserk. Right. Rest in paradise. What about uh, Breaking Bad? I feel like Breaking Bad could also make a good manga. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, obviously, like, things like Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, Sopranos, The Wire, those would make great mangas. Even, like, Lovecraft Country, you know what I mean? That would probably make a good manga. I got um, one. I got. A, I do have title shifts, though. Hold on. Wait. Because I'm trying to think of something off the wall that we could interpret into a manga. Like, Dober. <laughs> <laughs> What about, like, Big Bang Theory, the manga? <laughs> uh, I refuse to acknowledge Big Bang Theory as a show. Big Bang Theory uh, it is speaks a manga. Bad, it speaks badly of my people. And I mean nerds. Big Bang Theory as a manga, though, probably would have worked better than, like, as a Chuck Lorre TV show, though. Because then they could actually do, like off-the-wall nerd shit like build time machines and go back in time see what about this is a what about these is a manga you can pick one curb your enthusiasm or arrested development arrested development would work way better as a manga than curb your enthusiasm <laughs> if we're sticking with that idea right like i see your title shift but i feel like arrested development has to be the choice for a manga yeah, because it could definitely pull... Like, you could just do, like, the blank panel with Jason Bateman. What about, like, Late Night with Stephen... Or what is it, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert? <laughs> could you imagine that as a manga? I feel like I could probably imagine... Ooh. I feel like I could imagine Ooh. Jeff... Uh, what's his name? James Corden doing a better manga. What about Tucker Carlson? <laughs> I feel like it would have to be like... I don't like, even know what the name of Tucker Carlson's show is, I feel is, like it would right? have to be like a parallel manga where it's like following Tucker Carlson and Trevor Noah. Okay, so The Daily Show would make a tight manga, right? Like, even the name, The if, Daily it, Show. But we would also have to like get the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Of, like, Trevor Noah yeah. talking in the writer's That's what room. It would be, like, a slice-of-life manga where, like, it's following It follows the, the life most... of Trevor Noah. Yeah, exactly. Right? Whereas, uh, whatever the fuck Tucker Carlson's show is would be the same way, right? Like, it would be, like, almost like an anti-slice-of-life <laughs> manga. Okay. Where Tucker Carlson turns into, like, the slime worm when he, like, leaves his show. All right, so here's one for you. <laughs> now, you saw my title shift, but I'm actually going to alter it a little bit. You okay. hosting Black Jeopardy on SNL. We'll disregard the fact Keenan Thompson co-hosting me, co-hosting with me. I want to know what you would be like hosting Black Jeopardy. You know what's extra funny is I almost said Keenan Ivory Wayans. <laughs> Instead of Keenan Thompson. Sorry, Keenan. Both Keenans? Originally, I was going to say me and you swapped on SNL for Keenan and Pete, Dev Pete Davidson, mm -hmm. but I feel like it would just be way more interesting to see you hosting Black Jeopardy. I don't feel like I'd be a bad Jeopardy host. I mean, Jeopardy holla at me. Like, you know, we could make this shit happen. It might... Have you seen that Tom Hanks on Black Jeopardy bit? Yes, I've seen that Tom Hanks on Black Jeopardy bit. Like, I think he did a great job. I mean, he shout did? out to Tom Hanks. Not Chet, though. I mean, shout out to Chet. Look, I don't have no problems with any of the Hankses. Uh, 
Or you doing I, Black Jeopardy with Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther? Or me doing Black Jeopardy. Holla at me, SNL. <laughs> and on that note, we gonna take a break. I'm Hank Hill, and I sell cocaine and cocaine accessories. I would love for a King of the Hill Breaking Bag crossover. Can you imagine it? Just like him, him and Dale running around the lab like the King of the Hill intro. And like jumping in the mess and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end they show up late to the beer thing and crack it open Boomhauer is the suspicious brother-in-law he's suspicious the whole time but you can't understand the goddamn freaking thing man so I mean Dale, like look I mean like yeah. I think I'm dealing with Kryptomat and something like that but you know I, I don't know if anything confirmed that but I definitely think that they're selling something on the major so Dale is definitely Jesse. Jesse. Dale is de yeah. definitely Jesse. I wanted it to be Bobby, but <laughs> no, no, no. Bobby's the kid with the. Oh no. No. Why did we do that to Bobby? <laughs> no. Why did you do that to Bobby? Don't Jesse me is totally shit. Dale, Don't though. Die. Yeah. No. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I'll tell you what. I am Heisenberg. <laughs> I am the one who knocks. I'll tell you what. No, and, and um, what's his Yo, name? What the Back fuck? The what Gustavo? The fuck? He's replaced by the. Uh, by John Redcorn? No, 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 no. Not by John Redcorn. The. Uh, the by the neighbor? The, the, the Vietnamese neighbor or whatever? Oh my god! Why can't I not remember who the fucking neighbor is? Give us the bag! Why can't we make them happen? That is such a great idea! <laughs> I'm, I'm dying off of just the intro alone. Like, they show up, like, Hank walks into the door, and he's just like, boom, 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 boom. And it's, it starts in as soon as he puts his leg in through the, the suit. I'm dying over here, yo. Like, what the fuck? Oh my god. You got like Peggy being some meth whore and like. Oh no 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 oh, no no! Hold on, you know what would be even better? You would have no no no! Fuck that! Fuck that! You know what would be even better? A King of the Hill Sons of Anarchy crossover. No, no, no. I just want you to no, get this visual. No, get this visual into your head. No, Ready? Can you, you know the not? scene where the two guys are in the storage unit with all the money? No. Imagine it as Bill and Bobby. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, Bill would definitely be the test subject for all the meth. <laughs> but I mean, like, Bill and Bobby would just be, like, sitting there, and then they would totally just lay on the money. Oh, I got another title shit for you. King of the Hill meets New Jack City. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll tell you what, I sell heroin and heroin and accessories. It was crack. Crack. Oh, I sell crack and crackies. <laughs> crack accessories. Welcome to this episode of the Flood Board. Doc. Who would be Nino? Tries to figure. Obviously, Hank. Obviously, Hank would be Nino? Yes, obviously, Hank. What the fuck do you mean? Can you not imagine Hank as Nino Brown? Oh my god. There's actually this joke oh, video where they did a, uh, a champion spoiler for League of Legends with Hank Hill. And it was like, Hank Hill, the propane tyrant. He throws a barrel in the sh with the flash radius in the shape of Texas. <laughs> this is an amazing idea. Let's make Hank King, King of the Hill Breaking Bad. Let's make it happen. I'm sorry for today's episode. I don't know what the fuck is happening. <laughs> Oh. Tell us that you tell me that that's not hilarious. That is definitely a million dollar idea. <laughs> I don't know why it hasn't happened. Yet. Oh. I don't know why it hasn't happened? Yet. Should I bring it on to a real topic? Is there a real topic for today's episode? I have two. So one of them I thought of. This was just like a fleeting thought. One of them that I thought of, and this was just a fleeting thought, is the boom in the crypto market a direct result of millennials and Gen Z's distrust in the actual market from the GME AMC fiasco? No, I think it's another attempt to destabilize the United States dollar. I mean, tinfoil hat time. And there's, I don't really think it's a lot of tinfoil hat talk. Like, Elon Musk literally tweeted out that he thinks it's time to, you know, move on from the conventional idea of But like he also tweeted out that Tesla wouldn't be taking... Buy Bitcoin. They wouldn't take Bitcoin to buy Teslas anymore. And the value of Bitcoin tanked. But that's also because Elon enjoys playing with markets, right? Like, he literally took on, like, FCC charges. You mean, or <coughs> enjoys playing God. He literally took on, like, financial charges when he tweeted that he was going to make fucking Tesla stock 420.69. Like, yeah. And he was willing to take on, like, those charges for that shit. Like, so... I don't know, maybe don't take everything Elon says seriously. He's a fucking troll, everybody. Have you not realized this yet? He loves Twitter yeah. as much as the rest of us. He's a, like, 45... You're listening to a podcast co-hosted by somebody who faked their death for a science experiment. That's... It was not Doc. Was that death art, though? It was pseudo-death art. <laughs> was it meta-death art? It was reflective death art. <sighs> it wasn't really art. It was more just like a very early attempt at what you can do with the powers of the internet. So because I did th I did this like way back when, like 2011. So Elon's 49, and I feel like he has been going through. Wait, how long is how old is he? He's 49. He's only 49. I thought he was older than that. No. And I feel like, though, he's perpetually been going through a midlife crisis since he was probably, like... When's the first time you heard about Elon Musk? Ah, uh, 
it was probably in a Maxim magazine article. Because <laughs> I used to How read a long lot ago, of Maxim. Though? Like, so when did we work for CVS? Like 2012? No, it was way before that. It, was like, it wasn't way before that. No, okay, so... Because I remember like, I left working CVS to go work at the card shop, and I started working at the card shop in 2012. It was probably like 2011. Like, yeah. 2010, 2011, maybe even, like, 2009. Definitely not 2009. When did Iron Probably Man? Probably 2011. When did Iron Man come out? Iron Man came out in 2008. So but I definitely was, was working so at... It was, I was working at CVS while I was at community college. So it was between 2000... My point is... It's probably 2011. I read about this nigga in a Maxim. My point is not that it was when I was working at CVS. I read about this nigga in a Maxim magazine article in comparison okay. to Tony Stark. So it was between 2009 and 2012 is what I'm trying to say. I'll say I probably heard first about Elon in like 2014, 15. Hmm. And I think it was because of SpaceX. No, I read about that nigga in comparison to, like, a real-life Tony Stark. And, like, as I said, he's probably closer to, to Lex, Lex Luthor <laughs> than Tony Stark. This nigga is way too obsessed with, like, fame, right? Like, he wants to... It's the... It, he is, like, a smarter version of Martin Shkreli. If you could... I don't think he's like that. Oh, you serious? Oh, come on, dog. Like He's he, not running around trying to buy black lotuses. He called the dude who rescued the kids from that like cave in Thailand or wherever the fuck it was like a pedophile because he stole all the media hype from him. <laughs> like, Elon Musk is a fucking internet troll, No, Logic, like, you can't make a song about not killing yourself. <laughs> That's my thing. Jordan Lucas does that. Yo, Elon Musk is a fucking internet troll, son. Like, I mean, it, that should be a given. He lit. He. Beto O'Rourke was in a hacking community. The dude, okay, anybody who brags about walking around like Madison Square Garden with emeralds in his pocket is totally like a fucking like supervillain, right? Like. We can, oh, somebody who can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and get away with it? Somebody whose parents owned a fucking emerald mine in South Africa thanks to apartheid. Like, like You've seen the movie Blood Diamond, right? Yes, I've seen the movie. Great movie. Anybody who hasn't seen it, great I, movie. And I'm sure there are people out there who are like, Elon How different would Blood Diamond be if Leo was replaced with Matt Damon? I don't think it's taken as seriously. I... I'm trying to, you know, respond to the trolls who were like, his parents didn't benefit from apartheid, <laughs> but like, didn't they though? <laughs> like, let's be honest. Don't be a hashtag not all men, everybody. <sighs> I'm not saying that Elon Musk isn't a genius. I'm just saying that not all geniuses are being worshipped. I had to come to that reality. Name a genius! Who ain't crazy? I had to come to that harsh reality when Kanye started acting the way he started Great acting. Great <laughs> follow. Is all I'm saying. Maybe Elon Musk is white people Kanye. You did say that before. <laughs> Have I said that yes. before? Yes. <laughs> you were like, Kanye West 
is it's white people. It, 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 it's it, black Elon Musk. Yeah, it's black Elon Musk. <laughs> I feel like that's a fair comparison. <laughs> I'll have to find the episode for you, but you legit, like, you said it as, like, a spur-of-the-moment thing. I didn't say anything, and I made you, like, defend it. I just and feel you were like, like oh, this still stands. This was. <laughs> I feel like it's still, it's still staying, Joe. <laughs> so that would mean that Kanye West is also the racially ambiguous version of Lex Luthor. Mm, I feel like Kanye West can totally play Lex Luthor, yo. <laughs> what do you mean, son? Okay. You, no, this is okay. one of the things. Where you is said my bag? Where is it? Where is it? DC. We've given you two great ideas this episode. Make and y'all steal everything else from us. Kanye would love for that to happen, yo. For him to go down as like Lex Luthor, Jesus Christ, I think the only yo. thing he would want to do instead would be a Bruce Almighty remake where he plays God. Uh, I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> but I could totally he see would be like, West yes, and Lex Luthor. You will be able to have the powers of God because I bestow them upon you. Oh my god. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me you can't see Kanye West as Lex Luthor. No, I can totally see Kanye West as Lex Luthor. <laughs> but that's also a sign of that remember we talked about Lex Luthor being racially ambiguous growing up? I thought he was a white dude. You thought he was a light-skinned dude. I totally thought he was, like, at least Puerto Rican. <laughs> Come on. The Lex Luthor in the Superman cartoons at least looked Absolutely. Dominican. He at least looked Dominican. You know how we, we have a hard time casting The Rock in things? The Rock yeah. could have been DC animated Lex Luthor. He could have been. Before he, you know, really went hard into the human growth steroid. Scorpion King. What were we even fucking talking about? We were talking about how I made the mental note of the crypto market booming as a result of millennial and Gen Z distrust in the <coughs> stock market as a result of the GME and AMC fiasco with Robinhood, which was designed for everyday regular traders to only been blindsided when they were supporting the major financial markets. So let me ask you this then. Do you think millennials and Gen Z care about cable news? No. Not at all? You don't think they care about any cable news sources at all? I think they care about the clips from cable news that go viral. So we do, And generally so, not from that cable news source. We, okay, so you don't think Something will get retweeted by the Young Turks. Names like MSNBC or CNN have any, like, staying power moving forward. <sighs> well, how many people are cutting cable? Well, I mean, see, that's the thing. Like, I feel like a lot of these networks How many of have... these younger people are actually getting their news from a Philip DeFranco? Or, you know, a John Oliver. Or The Flood with Doc and Ziggy. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Like, MSNBC has, you know... Because it's really hard adapt. to make the mainstream make sense. And put culture in context. Sometimes you really need to have somebody with a pop perspective put it all together for you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You say that? Mm-hmm. You say so. I do say so. I believe it. We are the context. And this is... We are the context. 
And it this is. is the culture. This is the culture, motherfuckers. Hey, listen, look. No, I mean, I was reading this Vanity Fair article about, you know, uh, how cable news will probably never see the numbers that they saw during the Trump presidency. I agree. Ever again. I agree. Right? So, a lot of these networks are transitioning into finding a way to maintain some of the viewer increase that they saw during yeah, the Trump they, presidency. because they didn't get to cover a political circus. Well, because it's like people... <laughs> The viewership hasn't necessarily dropped too heavily, like, you know, 17% for, like, MSNBC, like, 12% for, like, CNN. I would love to see what their general age demographics are. Oddly enough, the, the show, the news program, if we could call it that, with the least amount of drop in viewership was Tucker Carlson's show. Even though that Fox News is in court right now, arguing against uh, libel and slander lawsuits, Fox saying News. that Tucker Carlson is not a journalist? Fox News also lost its most viewed like uh, news channel. The uh, channel that lost award. the most viewers? Yeah, no, lost its most viewed news channel award this year because of channels like Newsmax and ONN. So like some of their viewership like veered off which caused them to lose like, oh, their Oh, right, 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 right. They wanted to listen to a bunch of trumpets. <laughs> you know how maggots do. But <laughs> Digging that... in their graves. Do you think we'll get in trouble for like a slander? <laughs> if we continue to call them maggots. But channels like CNN and MSNBC are looking to, you know, main, like I said, maintain their viewership as we move forward post-Trump presidency because people haven't lost their is interest. That, a, that was like a triple layered reference. Should I probably explain what that was? If you want to go for it, goddamn, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Jesus. Maggots dig into the ground at a grave. Trumpets are played at military funerals. The song taps, which is what I was humming. Trumpets is also what we call, you know, uh, Trump supporters. And maggots is also what we call, uh, you know, followers of the MAGA cult. <laughs> yeah. Some people might say it's a little rude, but... <laughs> however... However... If you're hip... That was a really fucking good joke. If you're tapped in... Woo! Tap, people- tap down... Some people might say we're highbrow. Tapped for the turn. Other people might say we're a little crude, a little crass. Maybe a little bit of both. It actually kind of does bring me into one of my Why can't it be both? Why can't it be? So there was a GQ article that I found. Ooh, okay. Did you know that the fourth and final Jackass movie is coming out? They're making another Jackass movie. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville is now 50 years old. Sheesh. And if you look at these pictures, he actually has been doing a religious coloring uh, routine on his hair since he was like 19. And this is the first time he cut his hair and let it grow out. But 
he looks like Anderson Cooper kind of gray. I mean, my man is definitely like gray, right? He's he's giving off mad. Uh... <laughs> oh God, what? Who's the director we were talking about earlier? Woody Allen? Yeah, he's giving me mad Woody Allen vibes, yo. Like anti Woody Allen vibes. Like Yeah, so if, this is this is something that the writer so this So wait, is it accurate to say that Johnny Knoxville is Bizarro Woody Allen? No, I don't think that's accurate. No? No. <laughs> no. I mean look, let's let's assume let's Let's observe Johnny Knoxville's body of work, right? Which, by the way, is a pen name. <laughs> Not his real name. For real? What's his nope. real name? His real name is... You know, I'm asking... Ah, like... He dropped his given name, PJ Clapp, and adopted a pen name, Johnny Knoxville, while writing for a magazine... Excuse me? Uh, called Bikini. Excuse me? Yeah. His he, name is what? He his, his name is PJ Clapp. His name is what? PJ Clapp. His name is what? PJ Clapp. PJ Clapp? Yep. Yeah. And he adopted the pen name Johnny Knoxville. Well, um, I just would like to ask the audience what they think the difference is between PJ Clapp and Woody Allen. What is the difference between a jackass and a uh, everyone says I love you? What is the difference between a jackass two and an Annie Hall? What about like, you know, a uh, jackass and or a uh, New York stories in the ringer. <laughs> so I, I pulled out some of these quotes. So Jackass, the stunts and pranks television show that co-created uh -huh. and starred on ran only for three seasons on MTV. But with the time it came to occupy an unusually, unusually influential position in our collective consciousness, an improbable achievement given what the show consisted of. Unusually, like, and stranger influential, still, like, a match point, maybe? Well, hold on. And okay. stranger still, this once seemingly frivolous spectacle that emerged from the margins of entertainment seemed to predict where a huge chunk of the culture was headed. Sort of like a, uh, um... Sort of... <laughs> a, uh, everything you always wanted to know about sex. Kind of... You know, predicted. I don't think this Woody comedy. Allen comparison floats, man. I'm just okay. I mean, I'm just saying, keep reading and we'll figure it out between the two of us. We'll hammer this thing out and we'll, you know, iron it flat. So, Johnny Knoxville, uh -huh. when he moved to Woody Los Allen. Angeles, right? He pitched to the editors of Big Brother on conducting an experiment, testing the efficacy of pepper spray, a stun gun, a taser, and a bulletproof vest by using them on himself. Kinda how like Woody Allen pitched to his wife the efficacy of leaving her and marrying their adopted daughter. I think that's a reach. 
I think that's a reach. I think you're just really trying hard to die on this hill. <laughs> okay. Well, I, you know, personally, I just feel like you're being contrarian and you don't really see the vision how a Johnny Knoxville or a Woody Allen would see. Anyway. Anyway. So, in many ways, Jackass was nothing more than that. The kind of shit boys do to make each other laugh stretched into 22 minutes. It was a demolition derby starring human Looney Tunes. They kind of like to the movie Sleeper. <laughs> or... Or take the money and run. I really don't think this floats. I don't think it's up to you, necessarily. I think it's up to the listeners to decide that. This is not getting to the point that I wanted to make here, though. So Let's get to it. While the people appear to genuinely love each other and only are able to show that love through increasingly baroque forms of torture, mm. what they assembled was possibly the most efficient show in history of television. Bits were rarely more than a minute or two long, and some of the strongest topped out at 15 seconds. It was wall-to-wall mayhem. Would you say it was bananas? Despite its brevity, the show was able to graze or even predict a number of cultural trends. Mm-hmm. Hollywood began to throw money at films, old school, stepbrothers, the hangover, about stunted, self-thwarting men. Platforms like YouTube, Vine, and TikTok, which were which would build billion-dollar businesses atop clips of people doing stupid shit. Would you call them Stardust Memories? No! No, I wouldn't! Now, there was one quote in here that I know, and I swear to God if you compare it to Woody Allen, I'm gonna be mad at you. Okay. Johnny Knoxville said, I thought going into Jackass 4, after everything we've been through and everything we've built, all it takes is one stupid fucking accident to erase it. Just turn it all into a negative. To be like, oh, these dumb fucking assholes, what did you fucking expect? But then we went along and fucking did it. And I wrote the Donald Glover tweet note there. I swear, you're scrolling through Woody Allen movies. How many of these have you even seen? None. No, I have seen one. I have seen one. I fucking hate you right now. Okay. So, the thing is, is while I was reading this article, it really shows that Johnny was fully committed to the stunts. Like, that was his thing. He's like, I, we would do all of these stunts for the footage. The footage is the important part. And you know, when they started filming this, uh, they started filming, they didn't have a good way to introduce each skit. Do you remember how Johnny Knoxville would introduce each skit of Jackass? Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville, and this is fucking with people in a mall. Hello, my name is Johnny Cash. Hi, I'm Woody Allen, and this is the deconstruction of Harry. 
I'm sorry for everybody listening. I have apparently broke Zig today. <laughs> and he walked on for a moment. I think he's back. I think I was just trying to make a point that it there is... Well, you have the belief that reality television killed humanity. Yes. And Jackass was one of the major starts. I find it very interesting that there was actually a very deliberate artistic vision behind it. Because MTV was trying to exert too much control on it, and Jackass only had three seasons, to which Johnny Knoxville said, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do this show anymore. Right. And those three seasons were reruns for a decade. There is an art to chaos. But hi, say, I'm Johnny Knoxville, and this is Ballbusters. Wouldn't you say that essentially what Johnny Knoxville was trying to prove is there is an art to chaos, even in the sense of a jackass, right, where it is literally a show where a bunch of dudes seem to just be getting drunk and hopped up on painkillers and seeing what kind of torture they can subject themselves to. Would you call Johnny Knoxville the king of good, bad TV? I would call Johnny Knoxville the Woody Allen of chaotic entertainment. I feel like you just wanted to compare Woody Allen to bring my delegation down a couple of pegs. No. I feel like what you are missing here is me giving Johnny I mean, It's just really hard for me to not separate the, like, Woody Allen was a pedophile thing from <laughs> the whole time you're saying this. No, what I'm trying to say is Johnny Knoxville deserves way more credit than what he is given, right? Like, everybody looks at him as a buffoon and a clown, right? But what Johnny Knoxville is essentially saying is there is an art to clowning. There is an art to buffoonery, and And you're not using every- Woody Allen to prove the point that the work of Woody Allen matters. No, I'm using Johnny Knox. I'm using Woody Allen as an allegory to say that Johnny Knoxville, is- Johnny Knoxville, is a director in a sense, right? And we do not, we did not readily understand that growing up because to us. It is just clowning. It's a bunch of niggas getting hit in the face with, like, pies and shit like that. And, like, physically subjecting their bodies to all kinds of uncomfortable torture, right? But for our entertainment, it is clowning in, like, its purest form when you stop and think about it. They said in the article, Steve-O was quoted the reason that a lot of these stunts worked so well. Didn't he go to clown college? I didn't actually get to that. I'm pretty but I mean, sure like, Steve-O said, went to clown Steve-O, college. I don't know. Okay, But, like, ahead. they said that Johnny Knoxville, the reason some of these bits were so great to sell, is because he's one of the most uncoordinated people ever. He's just really flexible. I'm also almost, like, 90% certain that Steve-O went to clown college. Yo, <laughs> like, that, that's kind of, uh, like, He has a tattoo of himself. These, this is, this is, Jackass was modern day clowning, right? Like, that shit hasn't gone away. It is just, like, completely transformed in what we perceive it. The line in this article really puts it well. They were real-life Looney Tunes. 
Yeah, I mean, essentially, right? They were doing all the busting through walls and like... Oh god, the fucking... I just keep thinking about the porta potty skit. Like... They love to tell the story of the one time that Johnny Knoxville broke his dick. Like... <laughs> but they also talked about after a stunt that he got vertigo so bad that he... Anytime he would drive around the corner, he would get spins. And... Eventually, they gave him medication to fix it, but this is funny. But he could only turn left. Because of the vertigo? Yeah. I also find that funny for mentioning Zoolander earlier, who could only turn right. But they really go into breaking down the fact that he is now 50 years old, and he does have a family. And he says, I can't afford to have any more concussions, and he can't put his family through that. Steve-O was quoted as saying that filming Jackass at this age is much the same as it ever was with two big differences. Our bones break significantly easier and it takes less to knock us out completely unconscious. Plus, longer to wake up. But as I mentioned earlier, author of this article, Sam Shub, ironically this is a beautifully written article about the show Jackass. Why did I say that so pretentiously? This is a beautifully written article about the show Jackass. I'm guilty. I love Jackass. Nigga, I love Jackass too. This shit was fucking hilarious, yo. Watching them motherfucking white boys bust they shit open every goddamn night while you was like baked out of your mind was like it's it was definitely like a culturally like iconic moment it was easy at the time to describe jackass as lowest common denominator entertainment a feeble nadir in the tv races to the bottom but that's the but way with time though it became clear that the show was operating at the intersection of a number of ancient american traditions if you squinted you could see traces of buster keaton and the three stooges Knoxville's outlaw influences were present too. Spike Jones told me that he and Tremaine and Knoxville hadn't discussed how the stunts might be introduced on the show, so Knoxville improvised what would become his signature opening to each segment. He started saying, Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville, and this is the cup test, or whatever it was. Right. Jones wrote in an email, Only later I remembered listening to Johnny Cash live and hearing Johnny Cash say, Hi, I'm Johnny Cash and this is the Folsom Prison Blues. And a light bulb went off. I was like, damn. No wonder it's so iconic. And it is beautifully written, but it is an article about clowning and clowning, and I don't think that it takes anything away from it saying that it is clowning, right? Because as I'm there almost certain- There is an art certain, to clowning. It, right, as I'm almost certain, one of the members of the Jackass crew actually went to clown school. And there is an art to this buffoonery, right? Like there's a joke even about it. Even man okay. goes to the doctor, says, "Doctor, I'm feeling very sad." And the doctor says, "Okay, well, before I prescribe you anything, there's a great clown who is always able to make people laugh. His name is Pagliacci. You should go see him." And the man looks at the doctor and says, "But doctor, I am Pagliacci." It's like, to me, it's like the Wayans Brothers, right? Like, when you think about Scary Movie, and you think about the Wayans Brothers shows, and in Living Color, and Can stuff like that. Can you name all of them? What? All the Scary all Movies? All four of the Wayans Brothers. 
Keenan, Damon, Sean, Marlon, and then the sister. God, what is the sister's name? All right, I can't remember the sister's name off the top of my head. It's. It, I'm sorry, ladies. Um, he, he, I, I know Sean, Marlon, and Damon. I wouldn't yeah. have gotten Keenan. Yeah, Keenan is the Keenan is the most important. Keenan is the one who got famous first, and then put everybody else on. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Keenan is the oldest brother, and then it's Damon, and then it's Damon was Sean. from the sitcom. Yeah, Sean was the one that like directed all the scary movies, Kenan, and Marlon's the one we all know. Keenan is the genius behind <clears throat> In Living Color, and then Damon followed suit, and then it was Marlon and Sean, and then it was you know this. Then they helped put the sister on, which I'm gonna call it. I think Damon's son is um, acting too. He was in uh, The Girl Next Door or something like that. I think. Which carries on another subject of ours, the Hollywood nepotism. Well, I mean, that is a pure example of family putting family on. I mean, which I guess in its purest form is Hollywood nepotism, right? <laughs> but I don't blame the, you know, the Ivory Wayans family for doing that. Like, um, what would the Bernie Mac show be like if you replaced Bernie Mac with Larry David? That's like asking, like, what fucking In Living Color would be like if you replaced... Keenan Ivory Wayans with Jerry Seinfeld. What if you replace Jerry Seinfeld with Chris Rock? <sighs> Bullet control era Chris Rock. I think... We don't need gun control. We need bullet control. I think sex in the champagne room would be a lot less funny. No sex in the champagne room. No Can sex you believe in it? The There's no room. sex in the champagne room. It doesn't make any sense. I personally... I think Jerry Seinfeld is only funny because of Larry David. I think Jerry Seinfeld is only funny because of Louise, uh, Louis, Louise Dreyfus, Julia, or Louise. Julia Louise Dreyfus, and Jason Alexander. Or I think Jerry Seinfeld is the Larry David what Paul Moody is to, or was to Eddie Murphy. Ooh, ooh, Mike Epps and Polly Shore. So you want Mike Epps and Biodome? No, 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 no. I'm saying like Mike Epps is the equal to Polly Shore. Mm. No, that's not fair to Mike Epps. Ooh, Orlando Jones and Josh Hartnett. Mm. No. Both no. of them went out way too early. And Josh Hartnett, Orlando Jones. Because remember, John Hartnett was in Black Hawk Down, which is a phenomenal movie. Well, who would be the black equivalent of David Duchovny? I was thinking, my first thought was Michael Ealy, but I don't think Michael Ealy would fit in. I don't have an answer for this shit, because none of this shit is normal. <laughs> That's not even the end of the episode. That's just, like, shit. That's just shit we're talking about. <laughs> By the way, while it was an urban legend, Jay-Z confirmed it on the shop. He did ghostwrite still Diari. No urban legend. This shit was not no urban legend, <laughs> son. Everybody knew. Like, that was like one of those unknown, known kind of things. Like, it was commonly. The unspoken rule of hip hop? It was commonly understood that, like, Dr. Dre has had ghostwriters for a long time, and Jay Z was one of those ghostwriters just hard to for it, it's wild for me to think that far back though 
Because I forget Jay-Z's been famous since like the early 90s. You forget that Ice Cube wrote a lot of the verses. <laughs> oh, no. Ice Cube writing most of NWA, I know. He was the one with the pen and a pad with him anywhere he went. Dre has always been the man with the beat machine. Absolutely. <laughs> there was something else I uh, wrote of local slash national note. So Kamala Harris gives the United States Naval Academy graduation commencement speech, being the first woman to do so. And uh, the other parallel narrative from the right-wing Twitter I saw was that her woke joke bombed. What was her woke joke? From what I saw, I couldn't find the whole speech. But from what everything that I saw, it was basically just well, a lot her. of political liberal talking points uh-huh. and how they were saying they should transform uh, energy from batteries to solar panels. And they were like, I know the women would like to, uh, wouldn't want to carry batteries instead of solar panels, and neither would the men. Part of me wishes we were recording video right now so we could have caught my face. Like, I hope that wasn't what the joke was. <laughs> it was something along those lines from what I could read because I could never actually find the whole speech. It was all just clips of mostly political talking points. I find it somewhat relevant because it is the United States Naval Academy, which is in Annapolis, Maryland. I mean, it's relevant, right, because it's the first female vice president, right? It's still she gave a commencement speech at yes. a U.S. military school. Everything she does is going to be relevant for the time being. Yeah. Even when it comes to people like Judge Joe Brown saying she slept her way to the top. I don't know if you watch a lot of, you know, daytime courtroom TV. <laughs> Uh, it's been it's been a couple of years, but I will say I've seen some Judge Joe Brown, yeah. some Judge Mathis, I've seen some Judge Judy. Judge Joe Brown don't know how to you know uh, chill out. Like uh, listening to a preacher, except this one with a gavel. He said Joe Biden was racist, which I do kind of agree with, but I mean we won't get into that at the moment. It's getting to the point where I'm starting to be like disheartened by the whole like. I, I mean, I already was, like, disheartened by the whole Joe Biden-Kamala Harris presidency. <laughs> yeah. And I don't really... I mean, I don't know, like... She's licking her chops. I'm not trying to say that Joe Biden hasn't done anything important, right? Like, I just feel like there's a lot of... He retconned a lot of, uh, you know, shitty lore that the, the previous writers were doing. Yeah, and it's back to like business as usual. Is it a new 52? Usual. It's business as usual. It's not. Is yeah. it a new 52 or a flashpoint no. paradox? I would call it like a flashpoint paradox, right? Because it's not a it's not a reboot. It's a like retcon, exactly like you put it. It's not like we are changing the thing, the things the way that like progressives and like the Bernie Sanders wing would have wanted. We're just picking up the trash. Yeah, and like picking up where we left off. You're fine, youngin. What do you need? I need the charger. You're making charger today. Why are you still wearing your jacket? Is it a U? Is it this charger? Yeah. Ooh, Desu Chan. Why, why are you still charger? wearing your jacket? Dad, where's my USB? Where is it? With my USB that I gave you. Oh, over there on the book bags. That is a micro USB. Can you say thank you? Mine's a USB-C. Learn the difference. We live in a transitional period of technology. Thank you. That was actually pretty funny. (laughs) 
Anyway, what were we talking about? I didn't even bother with stopping to record. Are we talking about anything? <laughs> Today's episode is so off the fucking rails. Hood Pope? You haven't even made one of those. Did you come up with a Hood Pope decree over the week? No. No, they will be sparing and few in between. I'm not one of those prolific Hood Popes. I feel like that diminishes the point of my decrees. If I'm just giving them out every other week. So we have only, we have two, right? Old Man Steve Rogers. And what was the other one? I don't remember. You're supposed to keep track of those things, Bishop. God damn it. I know that I have one. I need to come up with a, a version for me, but Sam Adams is frat bro. I still want to see more supporting evidence for that argument. Dude, the motherfucker got in cosplay, boarded a ship, threw all of the tea in the harbor because okay. they were like, yo, this would piss them off, bruh. And he has a beer named after him. A craft beer, because they're whitewashing history to make it not look like he's a frat bro. All I'm saying is I look forward to your dissertation. <laughs> Do you know how hard and painful I made it on myself writing that chicken nuggets paper? Because I may have read that six minute long chicken nugget paper, but no, that turned out to just be a rough draft. It had to go longer. From that overdone chicken nugget article, I did come up with a good thing to understand nostalgia. Oh yeah? Yes. You know how people like to go play their GameCube, or they'll like to go read an old book, or maybe they'll pop in a VHS. I know what he pops in a VHS, but for all of you people who metaphorically pop <laughs> in a VHS to, the to feel the experience, again, of nostalgia, those objects are metaphorical hey, genie lamps. Hey, hold on, hold on. Tweet at us if you still have a VHS player in your house. That you use. Nah, I just want, if you have a VHS player, tweet at us and let us know what it's like. Is also, it, tweet at us if you don't know what a VHS player is. Hey, tweet at us with a picture of how dusty your VHS player is. Bonus points if your TV has a VHS player. <laughs> Continue. Anyway, so objects like these are like genie lamps that people will go to, rub the genie lamp, and get that feeling of nostalgia. And when they walk away, that spirit goes right back into that lamp. Kind of like how when you listen to the flood pipe, you get that feeling of nostalgia. And then when you're done, it goes right back into the lamp. So you have to listen to another episode of the Flood Pot. I wouldn't say feeling. nostalgia. You get fire takes and culture and context. and Because we're not also, outdated. Just a week behind. Also. Fashionably late. Also, also. Fashionably late. Also. A DC Comics writer is looking to settle the argument of who would beat who, Superman versus Goku. Rum, 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 your boat <laughs> gently down the stream. Doc forgot his train of thought. Let's go on the sea. <laughs> uh, according to a Screen Rant article where they talk about, you know, how fans have been oh, yeah, looking the Goku versus to Superman settle article. this debate for a pretty long time. Somebody did, like, the math behind it. I think Death Battle probably did a Death Battle of it, too. I'm sure. 
But it's been one of the longest going debates on the internet since the internet was able to have two different fandoms complaining at each other. A new DC comic book writer, Jean Lu Yang, recently in a Q&A, was talking about his new project with the uh, Monkey King and how a lot of Dragon Ball's, like, I guess, mythos is based on the um, yeah. Monkey King mythos. He discussed... They have tails, dude! Yeah. I mean, if you can't see the the connection between the Saiyans and the Monkey King, it's... For all you youngins who don't remember Saiyans with tails... Or who have never seen Dragon Ball and never seen Goku with the Or staff. seen Vegeta transform... Like... And get his ass kicked. It's, it's there, right? So, essentially what the discussion is, is possibly using the new character of the Monkey King in the DCEU as a proxy as a proxy fight for Goku versus Superman that's not fair thank you because that's, that's how I felt fair. about it I mean honestly look DC right. Comics is not gonna write the Monkey King to be stronger than Superman that's like playing a playoff series with all seven games at one stadium I wish we could I wish we were recording so you could see my face right now right because here you are, setting me up to be in defense of Superman. Like, why would you do this? Stop fucking playing with this man, yo. Why are you playing with fucking Cal L like that? I don't understand what it is with you weebs that really makes you think that a man who can sneeze an entire universe out of existence can be beaten by a fucking monkey throwing a temper tantrum. We're done the golden age. Superman, major nerf. Patch notes hit. It's still not a fucking nerf. He gets nerfed every update. That's like you see his AD ratios point. drop. You That's see the AP ratios point. on his sneeze drop. That's my fucking point. Superman is so goddamn OP that the only person who I think could seriously take on Superman in this absurd, like, comic spectrum of iconic heroes is probably Saitama. Incorrect. Amazo. You're looking at Superman's weakness to magic. No, Amazo can, like, 1v the universe. The so Justice League Saitama. animated series Amazo got so godlike that he went to go hang out with Dr. Fate just because he was he already figured out how everything else worked. Okay. The entirety of the Justice League had nothing to stop Amazo. You it, know who had to stop Amazo? Who? Batman. By talking to him. Fuck off. Fuck off. I'm so over you and your Batman proxy argument. Batman rationalized with Amazo so he didn't destroy the planet. Not Rorschach? No. You know what happened to Rorschach when he tried to rationalize with Dr. Manhattan? Dr. Manhattan exploded him. Wait. Is that a Marvel property or a DC property? DC. It is a DC property? Okay. Well, because, yeah, because Dr. Manhattan could probably beat Superman, but that's not that's not my point. <laughs> Ooh! I've never heard that argument on the internet, though. Dr. Manhattan knows the outcome of all, like, 
outcome. Yeah, I know. He exists in multiple timelines at the same time. Like, he is the, like, deus ex machina <laughs> of the DCE, right? But that's why they haven't Superman used Superman stands be like, but he could sneeze multiple timelines out of existence. I didn't say timelines. I said galaxies, asshole. What's to say that he can't sneeze timelines out of existence? Because I'm sure that... How does it feel? Do you feel like you need to take a shower after defending Kal-El? No, I just feel like Goku is overhyped. Like, and that's no... I love Dragon Ball, right? But I just feel like Goku is overhyped. Goku, Goku is the Deus Ex Machina character. Of he, anime. I mean, he. Well, the thing is, is well, like no, we said this point. We said this point. He is the Super Saiyan trope. The Super Saiyan trope exists for a reason. And that is why One Punch Man exists, right? Because of Goku. I literally feel like One Punch Man exists because of the Goku trope. See, here's the thing about One Punch Man. He never increases in power. He because just reveals... he was already that nigga. Yes, he just reveals more of his power. So it's like the reverse of Dragon Ball. He was already that nigga. Saitama has been that nigga ever since he went bald. And it's like the crazy... I haven't, like, I need to get caught up on this shit because I can't even... Like, Apparently talk. season three's out. I need to watch it. So how do you feel about all of these X versus One Punch Man episodes? The argument is null and void. You like, they throw the math out there and is, then you're like... It's the same reason you can't include Dr. Manhattan in the who can beat Superman or Batman argument, right? Because... Because Batman would win. No, because fucking Dr. Manhattan is OP, son. He's mad OP. There's no way Batman wouldn't even consider, like, taking... If Dr. Manhattan went mad, I guarantee you Batman in the comic books would be like, well, we're fucked. You guys know that, right? Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Batman would take the last chance to try to talk him down. But we also remember watching that clip, we were like, no, Batman don't give a fuck. Superman was down. He was like, I'm going to run right up on Darkseid and grab him and I'll see what I can do. <laughs> I'm going to see what I can do. That is Batman's whole motif right there. I'll I'm gonna see, see what, what I can do. do. <laughs> I'm going to see what I can do. Commissioner Gordon got a problem. I'm going to see what I can do. Yep. <laughs> Razel Google but I mean, like, again. I love that. Like that's one of the things I'm I love about I Batman. Do. He's funny like the most powerful being in the universe. He's still just like, nah, I'm gonna run up and I'm gonna grab this guy by the shoulders, try to take him down like a linebacker. <sighs> I feel like we were robbed of the Ben Affleck Batman. We were. I feel like we really were. I never I don't We never had a real We never had a solo Batfleck movie. Although We never had a solo Batfleck movie. I can't wait for the uh, new Batman movie. With the, um, uh, Robert Pattinson? Yes. I can't wait for the Robert Pattinson Batman. I feel like that is going to be a tasteful update to the George Clooney Batman. But oh, let's not talk about that. You know if you go up to George Clooney and ask or him maybe, for a ref if you go up to George Clooney on the street and ask him for a refund for that movie, he'll give it to you. Or maybe not the George Clooney Batman, but maybe like the um Val Kilmer? Yeah. Michael the, Keaton? Yeah, the Val Kilmer Batman. So, uh from what I've seen, the thing that has me very interested how well do you know like iconic Batman storylines? There's like three or four major ones. What kind of gatekeeper ass question is that to ask me? 
I mean, I'm not being a gatekeeper. I'm just curious. I can explain them if you want me to. You can explain them after I go to the bathroom. <laughs> So tell me about these uh, Batman storylines. So yeah, there's three major Batman storylines, th or five major Batman storylines that is I can it think three of. Or five, so. It's fine. <laughs> but uh, Death in the Family, which is the one where they killed Jason Todd. Ah. Uh, Year One, which is about him just becoming Batman. Ah. Dark Knight Returns, which is him at the very end of being Batman. Uh, no Man's Land, which is uh, basically. Uh, all the Gotham gets shut off from the outside world and gets turned, deemed into uh, no man's land by the government. So it's just establishing order from absolute chaos. Jesus. And so it's then, like Chicago in like the early 1900s. Yeah, except the government literally says you're on your own. I'm pretty sure like Gotham is supposed to be Chicago. I think so too, actually. Yeah. But, uh, and then the last one, which I think it is based off of, the new movie is going to be based off of, from what I've seen, is uh, Long Halloween, which oh. is pretty much like oh. Batman in his prime, okay. uh, following along a uh, series of crimes that are following the Falcone and uh, Carmine crime families. Yeah. And it involves, like, it ties in Penguin at one point, Killer Croc, Solomon Grundy, oh. Joker, okay. Penguin, like, and... It's all tied into Batman trying to shut down these two crime families. Mm. Um, mm. Okay. It's personally my favorite Batman story. I mean, it sounds like it'll make for an interesting, like, because especially, like, we're all done with, like, the beginning, like, arc of Batman. Like, we've all played the tutorial enough. We yeah. don't need to know how. Kind of like what they did with Spider-Man this yeah. time, like... We get it. We know all Spider-Man became Spider-Man. Right. Yeah, like, we're to the point now where we're familiar. Everybody is familiar with these characters, right? There is nobody. Batman is almost hot take. Batman is almost as ubiquitous as Jesus at this point, right? Like, I would say that Batman He's is... He's not as ubiquitous as Superman. ...as recognizable as Jesus. Like... I disagree with that, but continue. Do you really disagree with that? The two most visible, the two most recognizable people on Earth are Jesus and Hitler. I would argue that it's Jesus and Mickey Mouse, but it's probably those three. I would argue that Batman is at least in the top ten most recognizable top ten, yeah, characters on the planet. Yeah, I mean, it would be there up there with like Pikachu, Goku, and Superman. I don't think Goku was in the top ten. Mario? Yes. I definitely think Mario is in the top ten. I think it's like something like Jesus, Hitler, Mickey Mouse, Ronald McDonald, 50 Cent. Um, yeah, really? Yeah. No, honestly. <laughs> Pikachu, Super Mario, Sonic the Hedgehog, um, the Coca-Cola like label. Maybe like the Colonel from KFC. I mean, I guess I would say the logos stick out more. Like, the Golden Arch sticks out more than Ronald McDonald specifically. I think Ronald McDonald is still a pretty, like, recognizable, like... Like, a toilet sticks out more than KFC. 
Popeye's Master Race. I though. think you would have been a toilet that sticks out more than Taco Bell. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I give Taco Bell his due. Like, just. Well, alright, cool. We'll use a dumpster for KFC. Popeye's Master Race. Popeye's Master Race. Obviously. Obviously. But no, I mean, um, I think that sounds like a good direction to go in with the Batman movies, especially because, like I said, we're all tired of seeing Batman's parents die. Yeah. Like, we get it, Martha. <laughs> Pearls hit the ground. Yeah, we're we're all over it. Like, let's see Batman. Bruce in the middle with the streetlight. <gasps> ah! Batman's been, like, or Ben Affleck's Batman was a little bit too, like, over the edge for me. It reminded me of, like, some 90s, like, comic shit. Like, Batman trying to be Punisher. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. So, let's see what this long Halloween looks like. Is that when it's supposed to come out? Isn't it supposed to come out around then? I don't know, but I... So, Batman Begins had a little bit of long Halloween structure to it. Because yeah. he was trying to take down the Maroni and or, or Carmine Falcone and Sal Maroni, the the two mob boss families. Yeah, and then Ra's al Ghul got his dirty little fingers all in the mix and grubbed things up. Um, I love Liam Neeson's Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, I'm gonna have a hard time. The same way I'm gonna have a hard time imagining as any anybody else as Captain America. You know what I mean? Yeah, Liam Neeson, honestly, like, hindsight, was, like, the perfect casting for Ross Al Ghul. Maybe, like, uh, you know who... <laughs> You're not gonna like who I'm gonna say. <laughs> John Leguizamo. Mm, he's a little too squirrely. I could've... I feel like it could've been a perfect, like... If, come on, like, if... Camille, I could definitely no, buy him no. as some kind of villain. If Camille Nanjiani can put on all that weight to be, like, one of the Eternals and get buff, then fucking John Leguizamo... Or Kate Blanchett just randomly becoming, like, a sexual goddess. Yo, then fucking John Leguizamo could definitely have been Ra's al Ghul. Yo, <laughs> right, like... I love John Leguizamo. <laughs> I feel like he is a way better actor than what we give him credit for. Absolutely. And I'm waiting for him to get his, like, you know, his roses while he's still here. The same way, you know, Johnny Knoxville deserves his roses. And the same way that, you know, Batman doesn't deserve any roses. Fuck um, you, <laughs> Batman only puts roses on his parents' grave. <laughs> In uh, every single comic book as a way to end a chapter. Because artists, because authors sometimes don't know how to just end a chapter. So Batman, in the rain, grasping his parents' grave, flowers there, crying. So what you're saying is if this Batman movie doesn't end with Batman putting flowers on I'm his I'm saying if there grave, isn't a scene that ends with that. Right, then none of this is normal. That was good. <laughs> Deuces! Be safe, Look, it's a flood! It's a flood! It's flooding! Get away! Quick, we need to get to higher ground! Open the floodgates!